Alrighty, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I am Justin Tucker. This is CJ Medeiros. Adam is out tonight, and we are the Fumbleverse Podcast. How are you doing tonight, CJ? You know what? I- I'm fine. You know, uh, for those who don't know, we're all college students, and you know, we're all at home. It's just great. You know, first semester's over, and I think some R and R is just what the doctor ordered. What about you? Tell me about it. I'm happy this semester's over with. I'm done with finals. I'm having a home-cooked meal instead of school meals for once in a while. Oh, man, this feels great. All right. Now, we have a very good show for you tonight. A couple of things to talk about, especially one particular thing I've been waiting to talk about, one having to do with the Patriots and the other. Oh, wow. Buccaneers. Oh. We also have Sunday's Best in the fan box of always. But first, let's talk about something Shocking happened, what, I want to say last Sunday, as the <laughs> Arizona Cardinals lost their second straight game against none other than the Detroit Lions, 30-12. to 12. Now, if you told me this game was close, close like a low-scoring game, I'd be like, I could see that happening. 30-12, to 12, a blowout with Kyler Murray? I don't CJ, please take it away. How do you see? How did this happen? Uh, I don't know. That's the that's the long and short of it. I simply don't know. I remember I was just changing the channels. You know, I was like kind of keeping tabs on the game, not really. Then I saw the five, and I'm like, oh, holy crap! I don't you know. Now this, I think, is um something I want to point out. I feel that now look, the Lions are not a good team, but I feel like they're not that bad, like, in real life. On paper, they're not good, but they do have some solid pieces. They have the Aquara brothers and Trey Flowers on the D-line. They have my man, Ar- Amani Awukarie, I believe it is, the defensive back, who's got, like, a, who's just racking up picks this year. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think they draft in the second or third round, is looking like the real deal. DeAndre Swift could be a franchise back, and... Jared Goff, at best, is a game manager. You know, oh, stop it! Oh, stop it! Not at best. I think, I think. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I mean, like, but that's really all you need him to be right now, because you know, you you know, you're at a playoff contention. If you want to win games, he can manage an offense. And I still think Dan Campbell's a good coach, because, like I said, he he calls usually the right schemes. It's just they don't really have the guys for it. But I feel like this loss. As much as I love Dan Campbell for the game, I, I think it says more about the Cardinals than it does about the Lions. Remember how they lost to the Rams? Yeah. They lost to the Packers. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting to doubt that they can hang with the big boys. And how you lose to the Lions. Now, look, I, I know any given Sunday. I am aware that that's a thing. But good Lord, you lost to the Lions and it wasn't close. Why? Like, literally, I mean, you know what? Everyone's like, oh, the Bills are struggling. They're frauds. Patriots just lost. They're frauds. Ravens are hurt. They're frauds. The real fraud, ladies and gentlemen, is the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, I don't care what their record says. I don't care that they're 10-3. and three. I will put the fraud stamp on it. That is, that is my stamp. 
I will say here and now, and if I'm wrong later, I'm wrong later. But as it sits right now, I view the Arizona Cardinals as frauds. Frauds? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You have anything else, or you, you want to leave it right there? Now, usually, wait, hold on. I just want to say one thing about my definition of a fraud. Usually, I would say one game does not make you a fraud. We all have those games that we should win, but we don't. It's just part of the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of worried because it's not like it was a particularly close game. They got their behinds handed to them. And you lost to, like I said, the loss to the Rams and the Packers, which are two of the other heavyweights. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't really hang with the heavyweights. And, like, the really little guy just beat you up. That's my definition of a fraud. I mean, if, usually I would just say it's one game, but but it's who they're losing to, you know? Mm-hmm. I understand. Uh, for me, I think the Cardinals were who they thought they were. Now, obviously, I didn't think they were going to be the first seed. I always thought it was going to be the Packers, and the Packers have proven to be right. When it came to the Rams, they just flat out weren't prepared, and I think at the end of the day, it showed that the Rams were the better team on that night. I think the Packers just overall, if they played 10 out of 10 times, the Packers would win 9 out of 10 times, obviously, because when they faced – when the Cardinals faced the Packers originally, they were shorthanded anyway, and their best receiver was Randall Cobb, who is at best their third string wide receiver. They didn't have Devontae Adams, and they didn't have Mar- Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So if you're telling me Randall Cobb is putting up those numbers against that Cardinals defense, who were looking like phenoms in week one, and then all of a sudden can't play defense against Aaron Rodgers in them. True, they only gave up, like, I want to say 27 points. But still, 27 points is still a lot, considering. That's number one. Number two, they still had a chance to win the game if A.J. Green just turned back for the ball. So it's not like they're, like, not contenders. It's just a matter of a little bumps and bruises here and there. But back to this game, when I I couldn't get this game because of the region I'm now in because I'm in Maryland. You're in, I want to say Delaware. I couldn't yeah, get I the, am. I couldn't get the game, so – while I was scrolling through after watching Tennessee and the Steelers and Dallas and the Giants, I look at halftime and I see Detroit's up. I'm like, oh, really? And I'm looking at the first half stats and I see Amon St. Brown with like seven receptions, 79 yards and a touchdown. I'm like, can they not stop this man? Can they just not hold their ground with him? And, it, and I like Amon St. Brown. I think he could be a good receiver, but I don't think he's the number one yet. And I'm not sure if Jared Goff is going to be the quarterback that allows him to be that number one receiver. Because I like Jared Goff. I think he's a pro quarterback. But sometimes I look at him this season and it's like, can he get it done? But after this, I want to say he had three touchdowns today. I mean, on Sunday against the Cardinals. Yeah, I think so. like They don't need a quarterback right now. And that's not what's supposed to happen. And I think Detroit should take this as a positive because – with everything that is said about them, they do not give up. They do not throw in the towel, and they will fight for that head coach. And I respect that because we just saw what happens to a team that doesn't respect their head coach and will not fight for their head coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. So as said, I completely appreciate what Dan Campbell's able to do with the organization he's at. He may not have the talented pieces around him, but at the same time, he's able to get wins when everything says they should lose this handedly. And I, I know, and I have a friend that's a Cardinals fan. I know he's just, uh, he's tearing up inside because it's like, it's Detroit. 
But I'm like, Detroit's not an easy game. Baltimore had to face them, and we barely escaped because we had to kick a 66-yard NFL record field goal and convert a fourth and 19. Those are no easy things to do. So congratulations to Detroit. I think this is your second one in three weeks. I'm not sure if it's a back-to-back one, but I know it's your second in three weeks. So congratulations and all the best to you in future endeavors. And hopefully you get a good good player for your team. Hopefully Kayvon Thibodeau, but I think he's going number one if it's not Aiden Hutchinson. I, I think we addressed this last pod where I just think Detroit should move back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think D-lines are really pressing need. I would probably but try for a skill they, position, but that's just me. I think they're, like, at number two overall right now. If, they, if they're if they stuck at that position, sure, take one of the two best edge rushers in this yeah. position. And there's no, like, clear-cut quarterback. It's up in the air, so there's just not. back and get as many assets as you can. I agree. All right, that'll do it for that topic. Coming up, we will talk about – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their division loss to the Rams. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. And we are back with the Fumble Rooski podcast. I am your wonderful, handsome host, Justin Tucker, along with my special Patriots partner, CJ Medeiros. Coming up next, we will talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I like to call them. The Buccaneers just came off a horrifying loss to the Saints last night, 9-0. This is the first time in Tom Brady's career that he's ever been shut out. Falling to the number three seed and making matters worse, injuries. Fournette, hamstring is on IR. Mike Evans, hamstring week to week. And Godwin's out for the season with a torn torn ACL. CJ, how do you think this affects the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going forward? Well... I mean, they did just lose 9 nothing to the Saints. It's not like the Saints really had an offensive explosion to lead them to victory. I mean, I mean they were shut out. <laughs> so this is kind of, this is strange for me because part of me wants to say that these Tampa games are an anomaly, kind of like whenever New England like with Brady would go down to Miami and usually lose for some reason. But th- I've never seen Brady get affected by an opponent like this. I never have. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been Tampa for two years, and now he's 0-4 against the Saints. He's never lost four straight times to the same team. That's just – that hasn't happened before. And I, I suppose you could cite the lack of weapons, but – huh. But, of course, this brings in the whole conversation of was Brady only as good as he is because of the weapons he had around him? Is that why he won the Super Bowl? The long answer is yes, but that's neither here nor there. But um, uh, I, I, I don't know what to make of this, but I do think that if Evans can't stay healthy and their number one guy is Antonio Brown and, like, Tyler Johnson, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a lean on Gronk, but uh, I feel like they could be in some trouble, especially with playoff Lenny out, you know? I mean, you're relying on Ronald Jones, who hasn't seen any action this season, like, at all. He's mostly been a healthy scratch for these games, so... But because it's Tom Brady, he's probably going to pull some miracle out of his butt, and we're all going to be probably looking at another Tampa Bay Super Bowl. 
hopefully mm-hmm. not but 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 yeah there's that also i would like to talk <laughs> i would like to touch on um the antonio brown situation remember what bruce arian said about it he's keeping brown on a short leash one strike he's out yeah well uh Brown had a strike, and he's still there. You know what that means? All I'm going to say is that means Brady wears the pants in that relationship. I mean, I think it's something we all knew. But Bruce Arians, I genuinely believe, answers to Tom Brady. Because I knew Arians never wanted Brown, but Brady wanted Brown, so they got Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. Just a little, you know, just just my two cents. Just something extra I'd like to throw in. Mm-hmm. That. He Bruce Arians doesn't wear the pants. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady wears the pants in that relationship. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not going to bite on that, but I I see your argument for it. I don't think he has no choice now considering the injuries. But okay, to start it all off in the short term, no, this is not a problem. I think for the next three weeks, I think they're basically biased because they face the Panthers twice and they face the Jets. If you're telling me you can you're going to struggle against three these three teams when you still have Gronkowski and Ronald Jones, who isn't a bust, and that somewhat healthy O line, then I'm sorry, they're in a world of trouble going, heading into the playoffs. And as far as last uh, last Sunday night's game, they've always had a problem. Tom Brady always has a problem with the Saints for some reason. Whenever he goes up against the Saints, since he's been with the Buccaneers, he's played terrible. A pick. And I'm pretty sure in every single game, one or two picks in every single game. Yeah, I believe that. And since this is his first time he's been shut out, uh, I don't I don't know what to say. I see him on the sideline throwing his tablet on the ground, getting getting upset, shouting at opposing t- opposing teams, coaches. I'm like, Brady, come on, calm down. It's fine, but you cannot do that. Because if it was somebody else, they would get flagged for it or worse, kicked, ejected out of the game. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, for the short term, it's not a problem because they face the Panthers t- twice and the Jets twice. So I'm thinking that's three straight ones, regardless of the injuries, because it's not like they lost Mike Evans. It's week to week. So I think they'll sh- they should take this time to let him rest. But in the playoffs, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a major problem if you don't have Mike Evans or Leonard Fournette to play against someone like the Packers, or even the Cardinals, despite them being 10-4 and four right now. I believe that Tom Brady needs to have those two weapons in particular to at least have a fighting chance in the playoffs, because I don't think Aaron Rodgers loses twice to, to Brady if it's at Lambeau Field, mm-hmm. unless Brady has the weapons he has. I just don't see it. I think Aaron Rodgers is on a mission to make sure they make it to the Super Bowl this year, because he feels like it might be his last year in Green Bay. So he wants to leave with a Super Bowl. And so looking in the playoffs, I'm like, they might be Dallas because Dallas is Dallas. They always screw themselves over. But outside of that, um, I don't see them beating Green Bay or the Cardinals right now. And that's kind of how I feel at this moment in time. Now, Tom Brady can always prove me wrong because Tom Brady's Tom Brady. And he can just out of nowhere decide, hey, Scotty Miller, I need you back again. It's time for you to burn Kevin King like burnt toast again. He can always do that. But I, I just don't think it'll happen this time around unless Mike Evans comes back and is healthy and Leonard Fournette becomes playoff Lenny again. But I think Ronald Jones is a serviceable back. He's not bad. It's just Leonard Fournette is Leonard Fournette. I, I always thought he got a bad rep in uh, Jacksonville. Now that he's actually getting a fair shake 
in Tampa Bay, you see how the way he's performing. And so I think it's just a matter of seeing how the injuries are and how long it'll take for them to get back. But it doesn't kill them short term. I think it kills them long term. I don't think they'll get the first round by because I think the Packers are like, I'm not sure if they're a game or two games ahead of them. But as of right now, I think it's a bad look for them going into the playoffs. Not short term, but long term. Yeah, I agree. Although I'm not as high on the Cardinals as you are. I would say that about the Rams, but the Cardinals just lost to the, to the Lions. Come on now. <laughs> it was all right. I can't say nothing because my team lost to the Dolphins during, during when the Dolphins were like terrible, according to everybody else. And I thought they were just fine when they actually on the field. But my team's injured, so I'm my team's not even in the playoffs right now. That that really hurts me. We're like the AFC, mm-hmm. and so if we have a chance again, we have to beat Cincinnati. But after the recent COVID things, we lost a couple more players, and that's the last thing I needed right now. So give me strength. Yes, but did you lose Tyler Huntley? No, I didn't. See that legend, absolute legend. I love Ty, and I'm not even joking. I actually like Tyler Huntley. I mm-hmm. think, yeah. And yet, for some reason, Mike Lennon's in New York. Funny how that works out. Yeah. All right, that's all we got for this topic. Coming up next, we got. Oh, here we go. We got the Patriots coming up next. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. I am your host, Justin Tucker, along with my good friend, CJ Medeiros. For this segment, we are going to talk about your New England Patriots getting their butts handed to them by the Colts. No one is safe, and I'm taking the floor first because I deserve it. I've been getting so much crap from Patriots fans talking from not our Adam, uh, another friend at school named Adam and Aaron talking about how how does it sound from the – we can't hear you from the first seed, and we're in the fourth seed or third or fourth seed. And so when they lost, I was like, huh, guess we're next-door neighbors right now, even though we're not even next-door neighbors. We're not even in the same country anymore because my team's out of the playoffs. And so it was nice when I saw that I saw that Jonathan Taylor touchdown run for 63 yards. I was like, there he goes. And then I look back over the game. Mac Jones in the first half didn't look too good, did he? He didn't look like that franchise quarterback. Uh-uh. Threw that pick for uh, Darius Leonard. Threw another one to I, – I can't say his name. I know – Is it like – Oh, I think I got it. I think it's Bobby Okereke. Yeah, I believe it's that Bobby Okereke. Something in that ballpark. Then he threw that. I was like, oh, he's giving out freebies tonight. I was like, Mac Jones doesn't look like the rookie of the year candidate. He's not looking like the game manager – or even a franchise quarterback right now. And then in the fourth quarter, he was like, all right, time for me to actually try to pull a comeback off. And then they started to get closer and closer. And I was like, Colts, why haven't you put this away? And then I realized Carson Wentz can't really complete anything. And I was like, are you serious? That's the only reason this game was close. That is the only reason why this game is close. If Carson Wentz actually completed more balls, this game would have been over by halftime. But it was like, what, 20 nothing or 17 nothing at halftime? I think, yeah. And then the Patriots come back and marching back like they always do. Because just when you think they're out, they drag you back in and make it close. And then once it gets close, Belichick always somehow makes it, gets them over the edge. Not this time. Jonathan Taylor said, 
not today. Boom, broke through. Two tacklers missed him, and he went for went for the touchdown. I was like, yes, yes, we still got a chance at this. Now, now that I got my uh, out the way, CJ, how do you feel about it? Uh, first, let me just say, I wasn't one of those guys that was harassing you, so I yeah, wasn't you weren't. Respect. You weren't one of those guys. I didn't. I didn't get to call you when I when I was talking <laughs> my stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. This, as a Pats fan, was a frustrating game. And I'll give all credit to Jonathan Taylor. Dude is a monster. And I said this last week. I think he deserves some MVP love. Mm-hmm. But as someone who sat down and watched the game start to finish, oh, and I hate saying this. I hate saying this. Yeah. The Patriots beat themselves. Indy, I believe, had two or three penalties the entire game. New England had like nine or ten because mm-hmm. that's how Carl Sheffer's crew rolls. Actually, look at the numbers. One team is like this many penalties. The other has like this many. Seriously, though, I hate you, Carl Sheffers. But no, but all that aside, they were on the goal line. They could have potentially made it. I don't remember the, like, what was it? I don't know. They could have made it closer. And then Mike Onwenu has a false start, and we're backed up, and we can't punch it in, and Bill decides to go for the field goal instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what's his name? The safety. Kyle Duggar gets himself thrown out of the game because after Pittman shoved him, Duggar freaked out and took him down, which, to be fair, I would do that too. And I admire <laughs> that, you, that you're not going to roll over and die and that you still have heart. But mm-hmm. Pittman just shoved you. You don't, like, tackle him. Mm-hmm. Also, I will say I am a little bit disappointed that Indy at the end of the game took two headshots on Nelson Aguilar and Nikhil Harry. Mm-hmm. That's just – I mean, you have to admit, even if you're an Indy fan, that's not okay. And the fact they got away with it's not okay. But I, But even if we got those penalties, I don't think it would have changed anything. I really don't. So, Mac, I mean – we saw good and bad. I mean, he uh, – how do I put this? He had a really bad first half, but he came on strong like from like the second part of the third quarter onward. Mm-hmm. And I – but, Justin, you did bring up a point that I very much agree with. The only reason the Colts didn't run away was because Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Not as and best. also, Carson Wentz didn't even have like – a really good game. Mm-mm. And look, we know the offense goes through Jonathan Taylor. We know Jonathan Taylor basically is that offense. We know the Colts would probably revert to their early season form without Jonathan Taylor. But it's just, I like the Colts and I think they could surprise a lot of people in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're Super Bowl contenders. There's a very real chance made to the AFC championship on the legs of Jonathan Taylor but I just don't think Carson Wentz is that guy. I really don't. And you and I both agree that the only reason it wasn't a runaway was because Carson Wentz. But as far as the Patriots go, now I've seen a lot of people saying, the Patriots are frauds. What did I say about the Cardinals? One game does not make you a fraud. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, I mean... And it's not even like when the Carls lost the Lions. Like I said, it wasn't close. This game at least was closer. And let's face it, they got a blocked punt recovered for a touchdown. That doesn't count for heck. But 
I mean, whatever the Patriots lose, except really for like that Saints game, they've always managed to keep it somewhat close. But it's these little self-inflicted wounds that make it hard to win, isn't it? You know? Mm. And I genuinely believe that other than Jonathan Taylor, the Patriots really just beat themselves. And because, like I said, all the stupid mistakes just added up. And and they came out lazy out of the gate. It was just a, a forgettable game. But I could see why a lot of people would want to call them a fraud, but I wouldn't put the fraud label on them just yet. Because you see, a fraud, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, one game is to make you a fraud, especially for this Patriots team, it's going to be how you react. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, oh, it's like 2019 when they had that winning streak and then crashed. Oh, it's like 2015 when they had that win streak and then faltered. Like, Let's hold off on the comparisons to those years, all right? As long as you don't, as long as you just go back to the grind, go back to the drawing board, don't believe the press, you know, don't believe that you're hot crap, you know, don't, don't believe that you're the best. Mm-hmm. It's just, but just don't let the wind, do not let this loss demoralize you. Cause that, cause when the Ravens beat the Patriots in 2019, the team was just demoralized. They were just like, oh, well, we're not good. And there was like a real lack of effort. A lot of anonymous players came out and said that there's even accusations that Brady quit on them, which may be true. We'll never know for sure. But as long as you don't let it demoralize you, you should be fine. Like I said for the Cardinals, one game doesn't make you a fraud, but it's how you react. Okay, I I agree. I don't think they're frauds, but... I care to mention that uh, I think I told Adam the last time he was on the show, by the way, Adam is out tonight. Hope he comes back very soon. But I did mention to Adam that this this AFC East is not wrapped up yet because y'all still have to face the Bills again. And you still have to go to the Dolphins where you guys struggle for some reason. I don't know why you guys struggle there. You guys should be able to win there. But again, it's something you guys struggle to. It's one of history's biggest mysteries. It really is. And in case people haven't noticed. The Dolphins are on quite the winning streak right now. So if they're not careful, you guys couldn't lose. All I'm going to say is, who has Miami really played? And look, yeah, I'm going to pull that card. Who have they played? They played us and beat us. I can't talk. Well, you were injured. You barely count. No offense. They still beat us. I can't ignore it. They beat you. They they, on a fumble shot ourselves in the foot. But, I mean, their win streak – they outside of you, they didn't even beat anyone above 500. They beat the competition in front of them. And you know what? That's fair. And that's fair. And I'll give you that. But it's just let's just pump the brakes on Miami. I wanna, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say that because my words are gonna come back to bite me if they beat New England. I was, so. I was about to say if they beat New England tw- twice in a twice in a row, and and they might be able to take the division. Mm, um, wait, do they have any no. games against Buffalo by any chance? Yeah. Do you know? uh, I don't see them have, beating Buffalo. I really don't. I'm I know I don't know if they have any more games against Buffalo. I think they lost both of them. So I think it's just down to you and Buffalo, but Oh also, didn't they almost lose to the Jets? I mean I know they won, but they didn't won. they like almost they lose? hmm I, I almost I almost called uh, my boy Sean. I was like, this is what you guys do to do against the Jets. Y'all can beat us, but y'all y'all do this against the Jets. But somehow 
they pulled it off in the end. Like they should have been doing in the first place, not giving me a heart attack. Because yeah. I'm about to say, there's no reason why the Jets should be beating y'all. Even though I like the Jets and I appreciate them for beating Cincinnati. Got a special place in my heart for that. Hmm. I appreciate that. We'll always forgive him. Mike White, the legend. Mm-hmm. 405 yards, like three touchdowns. Absolutely yeah. gave me a W that I needed because they mm-hmm. were a uh, division like division leaders all for one week. And they stopped they stop all that talking after that game. I appreciate that. But in, enough about the Jets. Let's get back to the Patriots. How after this loss, how do you feel about the AFC as a whole going into the playoffs? Well, I knew Kansas City was going to go on a tear. You know, that much was certain. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I mean, I I, def, I now think Kansas City is prop. I mean, barring, I mean, I know they have some guys on COVID, but they should still win their remaining games, barring like an epic collapse. So I feel like the Chiefs are the one seed. If Indy can string a few more games together, they'll probably overtake the Titans, who are injured to peck and back. New England, I feel like, should win. Now, look, New England still controls their own destiny. So I feel like if they can beat Buffalo, that might do it, maybe. But I feel like New England's going to make the playoffs be winning the division or wild card. I can't speak to how far they're going to go, but I know they should make the playoffs. Which is still impressive considering the season we just came off of. And like our ceiling, a lot of people said was like eight and nine. Mm-hmm. So we were already past what should have been our ceiling. So I, I will take what I can get. Anything past that is gravy. Where do you guys now? Nine and five? Yeah. Oh. We were literally projected like at best to go eight and nine, and now we're nine and five. So like I said, anything else just gravy. I'm just happy we beat the expectations. You know, we're a young team. A lot of people are like, oh, New England could go to the Super Bowl. Personally, I never bought into that. But the fact that they're a respectable team, again, just makes me happy. As for the rest of the AFC, I don't know what to feel, how to feel about Pittsburgh. I kind of feel like they're done, you know, because Roger, I mean, uh, Roethlisberger's the lame duck quarterback. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Justin. Ah, the Bengals, I feel like, would make the playoffs. The Titans have enough wins to the point where they might not miss the playoffs, but plus if they get King Henry back, things could get nasty. Mm-hmm. But that's a big if. If if you're a Patriots fan, who do you not want to face in the playoffs right now? Kansas City. That's fair. Because that was in Indy. But I feel like if that was in New England, I feel like it would have been a different story. If we face Buffalo, New England, we'll see. Because, you know, division games always play close, you know. Uh, As a Ravens fan, if we somehow, by the skin of our teeth, make the playoffs, and that I only see that by either winning the division or just missing it altogether, uh because I think we have to win, like, the next two games to at least have a chance. And I need that Cincinnati game. Like, I need it. The only – I don't want to face anybody, but especially I don't want to face either Kansas City – or the Colts right now. The yeah. Colts, because they, we had a comeback against them, and I think they'll use that as motivation. And the Chiefs, because we beat them, and I think they'll use that as motivation. And we're not healthy at all. Like, at all. So those are, like, the two main games I'm worried about. Everybody else is like, okay, we should win. But I don't know with this team right now. They, 
I'm always in a heart attack game right now because we do well in the first half, struggle in the third quarter, somehow come alive late in the fourth. And when it's time, when it's time to show up, we either we do or we don't. And that is concerning. <sighs> but I don't yeah, think I hear you. I don't think this loss is the end for the Patriots. I think they'll be fine, but these next two weeks or these next or coming down to the season finale, I think this will show where you guys will be going forward, heading into the playoffs. Yep. 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 Could have said it better myself. Coming up next is the best game of the week. Green Bay versus the Ravens. This one is going to hurt. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. And welcome back. I Welcome back to the Fumble Rescue Podcast. I am your host, Justin Tucker, along with CJ Medeiros. Coming up next, we are going to talk to Sunday's best game, which was, I think by far, Green Bay versus the Ravens. Talon Huntley put on a performance for a lifetime and may have gotten some looks from actual NFL teams because of that performance now. Aaron Rodgers showed you guys that when he's on, he's the best. Devontae Adams had to be double teamed the whole game because the Ravens secondary was absolutely horrendous. We all knew that. And in the final two minutes of the game, the Ravens had a chance to not only tie the game up, but actually go ahead. We went for the two point conversion and we failed. So, CJ, how did you feel about the game? Well, there's a lesson to be learned, Justin. Do not let uh, Coach Harbaugh call a two-point conversion. If there's one thing to take away from the season, I feel like that would be it. But you you have uh, your backup there. I can't believe it's not Lamar, a.k.a. Tom Huntley. I mean, Tyler Huntley, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Huntley... I like this kid. I do. He is just, he's a good quarterback. I And when I've seen him, I've been reasonably impressed. And Green Bay's defense isn't awful. In fact, I would say their defense is pretty good. And the Ravens offense was expected to get picked apart, but Huntley kept you in that game. Mm-hmm. So I won't lie to you. I expected it to be a blowout. I expected Green Bay to murder you. But I would hang your hat on the fact that it was at least close. But, of course, John Harbaugh and two-point conversions are like oil and water. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'll stop it. It's just... I definitely feel if you guys weren't hurt, you probably would have won that game. You know, with Green Bay playing as it did. But, you know, they had Aaron Rodgers. So, honestly... I I mean, a loss sucks, but I wouldn't, if I were you, I wouldn't be too, too mad about it. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I, I, but the Ravens, like, on the rest of the season, like you said, you need that win against Cincy. And I know there's, like, a, a chance you could miss the playoffs. I That's, like, worst-case scenario. I don't think it's going to happen. But, but like you said, this game against Cincy is going to be very telling, I would say. Mm-hmm. But you're a Ravens fan. You could put it in like in better words than I could. So please regale me about your feelings on Sunday's best. Okay, I watched that game from the coin flip to the end of it. I have so many feelings about this game. Number one, as far as the two-point conversion is talking about, we will always go for that because in our situation, what do you want us to do? Play for overtime and lose? Because in case you haven't noticed, our secondary literally does not exist. It, it We lost Marlon Humphrey. We lost 
during the game, we lost Tavon Young. We cannot keep doing this to ourselves. We, I, as much as I want to go into overtime, I do not trust my defense enough to to survive against Aaron Rodgers and give him another chance to put points up on the board. I cannot allow that to happen. I'm I'm not okay with the play call, only because we've been going to Mark Andrews every single time when we needed to, and every single time he's able to. Maybe during that play, I would have called something for Marquise Brown, who eventually was open, but I don't think Tyler Huntley saw him. The reason I want to call a two-point conversion that play was because Savage, Darnell Savage was literally going to where Mark Andrews was because we all knew everybody in the stadium and everybody watching home knew we were going to Mark Andrews because they couldn't stop him. So they were going to double team him regardless of where he was. And I knew that play wasn't going to work because once you roll out to the right, you basically eliminate half the field and you can only go to like one or two receivers. So I was like, mm, I'm not sure about this. Uh, but that's not the thing that kills me the most. The thing that kills me the most is it's first and five. We have four opportunities to get five yards. Now, I don't know about you, but the Ravens are known to be able to earn money in these situations. Yeah, that's, not, that's accurate. Not, not, not on Sunday, not Sunday afternoon. No. First and five, and we turn the ball over on downs, and we have five yards to go. I cannot believe the, the play calling. I can't believe how we can't get five yards. I would rather just Tyler Huntley run for it if he would have gotten the five yards instead of just – throwing the ball behind the line and getting tackled and getting an incomplete pass and a turnover on downs. I understand the first play, no yards. The second play, I want to say screen. Or no, I think it was give the ball to Devontae, and then it got he bounced it out in no game. And so it's fourth down. Just I want to say run for it, but at the same time, I'm like Greg Roman. Play calling scares me, even though I think he did okay yes, uh, Sunday. Forgive me. I think he did okay on Sunday. But watching that game, I was like, how is this not a – how are we doing this to ourselves? Because in the third quarter, we only scored three points, and halfway through the fourth quarter, we barely scored anything. And then somehow, some way, down late in the fourth quarter, we scored two touchdowns. I don't know how we keep doing this, but we keep doing this. And then somehow we are able to stop Aaron Rodgers on third down, get him off the field, get our team back on the field, score. And then the reason I'm fine with it is because he asked Tyler Huntley, do you want to go for it? And Tyler Huntley was like, yes, which I like because it says it shows the coach that he has confidence in his players and the players have the confidence to be like, no matter the circumstances, we can go and get this, which is good team building and good confidence for the players. I am I'm not as pissed off as everybody else who think who it is pissed off about it. I'm like, sure, Justin Tucker would have made it and forced it into overtime, but I'm like, let's win this now. We don't have enough players to make this work. We're losing players left and right. What if we went into overtime and we lost another player? It's not worth it. Get the win now. And so we don't have to worry about this. I think if we would have gotten the two-point conversion, we would have won, but it doesn't matter because the past three weeks, we have either we've lost by two two points or one point. It's been that close, and it kills me every single time. It it's ridiculous. In the first opening drive, we're moving the ball down the field, and I'm like, just take the points. And John Harbaugh is like, we can't take that chance against the Packers because they believe 
every time they're on offense, they're going to score. So they're like, let's just go for the touchdown. Tyler Humphrey, Tyler Huntley tries to bounce it out, gets nothing for it in the turnover on down. So I'm like, okay, that's how it's going to be. And then Aaron Rodgers and company eventually turned it on and scored 28 points back to back to back to back like it's nothing. Hold him to a field goal because, uh, whatchamacallit, I want to say Alan Lazard dropped a touchdown pass that he should have caught, but thankfully dropped. And they got gifted a touchdown pass because that was not pass interference. That was not pass interference. And I will go. That was ridiculous how they could call that. Overall, I'm pissed off about the game, but I'll have to live with it because at the same time, we still have a chance to make the playoffs. We just have to beat the Bengals, which I know we're capable of doing. But if we keep on having injuries and keep losing people to COVID, we won't have a chance to even compete. God bless the Ravens. I, I, I have all the confidence in the world in John Harbaugh, but not in our not in our health. That is the only thing holding us back. Because every game outside of the first game against the, the Bengals, we should have won in my heart. We should have won. Yeah, I I, I get it. So one thing I want to ask you is um I have heard from a few Ravens fans they want offensive coordinator Greg Roman fired. Are you are you on this train or I, I want him I want it I want him gone. I want him gone. But I'm willing to concede Sunday afternoon's game plan against the Packers, I liked. Even though there were some times where I saw a receiver standing in the same place again and I was like, what the hell, Greg Roman? I thought we already solved this problem, but you still keep doing that. Fix it. But silly me, he, he'll never fix that. So I do want him gone because I think it's just at the point in time. I think Lamar just needs a new OC just to get like a new look. But I, I'm always appreciative of what he's done for us. Like he gave us like the number one offensive rushing attack for like three straight years before this season when J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards went down. So I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative, but yeah, I think I needed him gone like yesterday just so this passing game can evolve and free Mark Andrews and free Hollywood Brown. Because even though they uh, Mark Andrews is a thousand yard receiver now, he should have been a thousand yard receiver by now. And Marquise Hollywood Brown too. I think he'll eventually get it this year, but he should have been a thousand yard receiver. So yeah, I want him gone. Yeah, yeah, I figured most Ravens fans that I know do. Come to think of it, I don't know a single Ravens fan that I know who actually wants him. So do with that information what you will. If you need someone to establish a rushing attack to lead the to help give you like a top ten rushing attack, Greg Roman's your guy. If you're asking him to develop a passing game, don't ask him. Do not ask him. He won't help you in that department. Even though there have been times where he does seem like he's willing to change his offensive scheme to help with the passing game. I still see, I still see times where I have Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown in the same spot. And it makes no sense to me. And I think it was Sunday afternoon. I think it was Rashad Bateman and Hollywood in the same spot. I'm like, why do you keep doing this to me, Greg? You were calling this good game, but I still, I still see instances where you screw me over. I'm like enough of this already. I get it. 
It's tough being a Ravens fan right now because we know how good we are. We're good enough to be in these games, but we're not healthy enough to win these games. Not good enough to win. We are good enough to win. We're not healthy enough to win because every time we have a player we think is reliable, oh, he's gone. He's on IR. Oh, he's on COVID. There he goes. I'm like, please, just let me keep my health. That has always been a heel of the Ravens. Just when you know it, an injury happens and it cripples us severely. I'm like, no, we don't need this now. Hopefully we can get some of our players off the COVID list and are able to come back. But until then, let's just beat the Bengals and I'll be happy. If we beat the Bengals but miss the playoffs, I'll be happy because at least we got them out the way. I mean, I don't know what to say to that. It's like I I understand where you're coming from. I mean, mm-hmm. not like for a while, but in 2015 – the Patriot, you know, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, the Patriots had a good team, but we lost so many people. Like, LaFell was out for the season, Blunt, Lewis, like, everyone was gone. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, granted, it's been a while, but I understand. We don't have a starting – our starting running backs are Levante Mur- – or I want to say Levante Murray and Devontae Freeman. This is not 2017. This is 2021. Our our top running backs or on IR or out for the well, technically out for the season. Our top cornerbacks are out for the season. My safeties, one's out for the season, the other one's on the COVID list. And so it's just like, why can't I why why do they do this to me? But that's all the time we have for this topic, because if we continue to talk about it, I will lose my mind. I will lose it on I will lose my mind. Anyway, <laughs> coming up next is the Former Ruski Fan Box. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Former Ruski Podcast. I am Justin Tucker along with my good friend, CJ Medeiros. Coming up next is the Former Ruski Fan Box. We post questions every Monday and you can respond with your hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss them and give you a shout out on our podcast. Question of the week. How do you feel about the Colts this year? Patrick Willover consistent member of the fan box said just needed to give once once some time to be comfortable taylor still looks like an mvp cj uh i don't know if once is the guy but yeah i i've been on this train for a bit i do believe jonathan taylor deserves some mvp love Mm, i agree i think he's i think after tom brady's play as of late and jonathan taylor's elevation of his game because Wow, I can't ignore it now. It's like, yeah, I think he does deserve some MVP love, especially I, since everybody else doesn't seem like a clear-cut MVP. If you told me Jonathan Taylor was going to be the NFL MVP, I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. Because I think yeah, yeah, me neither. The playoffs. And honestly, I hate that the MVP is such a quarterback and offense award. Most well, just a quarterback award. I don't remember the last time a defensive player won MVP. I want to say Lawrence Taylor in 86. That's that's sad. Also, I'm sure you know this, but a wide receiver's never won MVP. See that, people? You know, I, I just I just wish it wasn't such a quarterback award. It's mostly quarterbacks and running backs. Like That's all the people who get the love. And yes, I know the quarterback's most integral part, but come on, you got to put some respect on some of these guys' names. You're telling me that not once Jer- someone like Jerry Rice was never the MVP? Not once? Yeah. yeah I find I mean, that a bit hard to believe. 
You, you find that hard? I don't find it hard to believe because the quarterback position is the most important position. I wanted to see if Jerry, Jerry Rice won it, but I'm not sure. I remember Barry Sanders did it. And I'm not sure if he was co-MVP with Jerry Rice, but I remember. But as far as wide receivers are, they'll never get it because of the position they play. And because the league sees like quarterbacks as the most important position, they'll always yeah. see presidents. Yeah, I, I know, but it should just be like the most valuable quarterback. I, it, the most it's like the last non-quarterback to an MVP, I think. Now, don't quote me on this. I think was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Yeah, you're right. It was Adrian Peterson, but he had a 2,000-yard season. And then when Derrick Henry did it, he wasn't yeah. even close to the MVP at the time. Yeah, I, think, I know, and I find that asinine. Yeah, I do believe that Jonathan Taylor deserves more deserves more votes because I think he's the reason why the the Colts are going to make the playoffs if they do. Yeah, pretty much. Like, the entire offense play. is carried by Jonathan Taylor. Also the O-line. The O-line's awesome. Yeah, the O-line's awesome. Uh, I just think Carson Wentz needs to play a little bit better. There have been times where I've seen it, and it was like, that's the quarterback they wanted. And so yeah, yeah. I'm like, yes. As If he can play like he did against Baltimore, I think they'll, they'll be fine. And Because when he played against us, he played great. If he can also, keep up that play, he'll yeah, you are correct. Also, I would like to point out that during the Pats game, Carson Wentz went five of twelve throwing one yeah. touchdown, which was really like a sweep toss, which in my opinion is a run and a pick for a passer rating of forty nine point seven. Because yeah. he also because he only threw for like fifty seven yards. See that. That's a Jonathan Taylor-led offense. Carson Wentz is, like, the supporting cast member to jo- to the Jonathan Taylor show. I agree. Uh, I agree. I think Jonathan Taylor leads the offense, and Carson Wentz just makes sure. He can manage as a game manager, but I think he can be mm-hmm. much more. I think that's the way the team has to be right now, just for him to be the game manager and not try to do too much. But other than that, I think the Colts have – I think Jonathan Taylor looks like a stud. Yep. Nick Norman said, strong run game and a good D-line. A playoff team, no no one wants to face. No one wants to face this team. I agree. No one yep. wants to face this well, team. Well, 100%. 100%. Because they're not really lacking anywhere. They have a good they have a good to great O-line. They have an okay quarterback who could be great at times. They have a great running back. They have a solid D-line. They have a great linebacking core with uh, Darius Leonard and Bobby – Okereke, and even Okereke. guys like EJ yeah. Speed are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then they got Kenny Moore in the secondary. So they're not lacking anywhere. Yeah. So it's like the only place I would consider them lacking is the kicking spot. Outside of that, they're fine. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> CJ says, JT deserves MVP love, and the defense is great, but I don't know about Wentz, CJ, which you care to elaborate. You know my opinions on Carson Wentz. I feel that if Indy had a not Carson Wentz quarterback, even mm. if they had like a Kyler Murray or a heck. Kyler uh, Murray's like a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, even if they had like Kyler Murray or someone who's not Wentz, I feel like they'd be a Super Bowl oh contender. You're being the only good. reason I think that they're not a Super Bowl contender is because of Carson Wentz. I do not think Carson Wentz 
can do what he did against New England and continue to like win. Because what do you do if you face a team who's got like, who's like the on elite run stuffing defense? What if by some horrible twist of fate, um, what's it? Well, uh, Jonathan Taylor might turn into Derrick Henry against the Ravens. Nope. Remember that? Remember the Ravens actually stuffed Derrick Henry? We said it couldn't be done, but it could be done. And if, and God forbid something like that befalls Jonathan Taylor, but if you want Wentz to win you a, a game in the playoffs, if you have to rely on Wentz's arm, you're all kinds of screwed. You're not all kinds of screwed. It depends on which Carson Wentz you get. If you get the reliable Carson Well, that's Wentz, not very reassuring. It depends. It's like, oh, oh, Lord, please, may I have the decent Carson Wentz and not the Jameis Winston Carson Wentz. The problem with Carson Wentz is he tries to do too much. If you make leave him up to his own devices and it's up to him, he'll try to do too much, and that's what will cause some games and turnovers will help happen after that. If he's allowed, if he's, if they feel like they're in control of the game and you allow Carson to dictate the game, he's fine. But if he, if he feels like the game is starting to get out of control and he tries to do too much to try to keep up with the score, that's when Carson Wentz gets into troubles with himself. So if the game is close and he's allowed to dictate the score, I think he's a fine quarterback. I think he's just fine. And I think you need time in order for him to become that Pro Bowl caliber quarterback that you guys traded that the Colts traded for that's it he he still has potential I'm just not high on him as it sits now you compared him to Carson I mean to Kyler Murray who's a top 10 quarterback that's not really fair no I'm saying if they had someone like Kyler Murray yeah a top 10 quarterback yeah literally if they had a top 10 quarterback Super Bowl contender I think I think they're Super Bowl contender because the way the AFC is this year Nah, that's fair. Well, do you think they're going to go and beat uh, a fully healthy Tampa or Green Bay or L.A.? The answer to that is a resounding yes. no. What did the, you know what? what well, this is taking forever. You know, well, let's just yeah. agree to disagree on this. Based upon what they showed against Tampa, yes. And Tampa still won. Yeah. I'm saying it. I can see that happening. All right. Brian Mucker, who, who again is out tonight along with Adam White. <laughs> says if they didn't have J- uh, Jonathan Taylor, they wouldn't be a playoff contending team. That's fair, but they do have them. So it really doesn't matter, does it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, he makes a good point, but they still have JT. So I think they'd fight, but I don't think they'd be playoff contending team. I think they'd be in the games, but I'm not sure. I like where Carson is at right now, where he, he can just win games just solely off of like will. I think he'll yeah. blow himself into interceptions as much as I think he'll <laughs> blow himself into games. That's how I feel. That's accurate. Mm-hmm. All right. That'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe to our, uni- our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify, Spreaker, and Google Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram Instagram account at Pomorowski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you over and out. Good night, everybody. See ya.